Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Will uh, here with ScheduleFly, and I'm just filming a very quick intro to this Zoom that we did, the first of its kind, first, hopefully, of many of this type of format. So last night, I had the honor and privilege of hosting several successful female restaurant owners that we're very fortunate to serve here at ScheduleFly, and they were from around the country and the objective was just to introduce them to each other because they're people we've gotten to know over the years and we felt like they would probably enjoy each other's company and would enjoy sharing, you know, everything from war stories to advice to um, ideas and so forth about the restaurant industry, what's been happening what's been going on, not just with COVID, but just what it's like to be a female and own a restaurant. Um, what's happened in the industry with, you know, the evolution of um, what we've certainly noticed with more and more women owning restaurants over the years, which has been such a good thing. So we pulled this together last night. We had a lot of fun. Uh, we This is an hour long. Hopefully you really, really enjoy this. We're actually gonna do this once a month with these ladies, uh, as well as some additional ladies that couldn't make it last night. And maybe this group will grow over time. And each month, you know, we'll probably see some overlap and some new folks. And we're excited about this. We're excited about the opportunity to potentially do other similar type groups. Um, you know, maybe we have a bunch of brewers on here and we talk about the brewery industry. But thanks for watching and uh, enjoy. See ya. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. All right, good. Um, Let's see here. And then, so Tessa, uh, you are, uh, and I'll get everybody to introduce yourselves in just a minute, uh, sort of more formally, y'all. But uh, Tessa, you're in um, D.C. at Baked and Wired. And Tessa Velasquez and I had a, we did a Zoom podcast like last week. And we were just yeah. batting around this idea. And it was too good not to just pursue. So thank you, awesome. Tessa. Thank you, Will. Thanks for putting this together. Nice to meet you guys and excited to learn more about you. Same. <laughs> and let's see here. And Emily Blunt's on. Emily, I think you need to unmute yourself. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, great. Hi. Uh, nice to e-meet you all or uh, Zoom meet you all. Uh, happy to be here. One of the, uh, so Emily's with St. Leo down in Oxford, Mississippi. And um, oh, cool. really awesome place. And Emily's just phenomenal. I think she's been on our podcast a couple of times and we, uh, we stay in touch a lot, just like I hope, hopefully do with all of y'all via text and so forth. But what an, what an interesting turn of events with, you know, like if all the bad stuff that happened with COVID, but I don't think something like, like we would have never done something like this probably um, really had the impetus to make this happen or certainly not this tool most likely. So um, glad it's uh, glad it's given us this opportunity y'all. We'll start in a set. I'm actually, uh, let's see here. So Carolee uh, and Karen are the two. Now they may have texted me, but my son has my iPad and he's got a math tutor right now and I get all my texts there. So if they're not here in a minute, they, I know that uh, Lisa Carvey's out in uh, Seattle uh, or outside of Seattle. Um, and she had 
you know, as y'all can all relate to, she had somebody calling sick last minute. So she had to pick up that kitchen shift uh, this evening out there. So she's not going to make it. Um, let's see. Well, I'll tell you what. Maybe Karen and Carolee will get to join. Maybe not. Either way, I want to respect y'all's time. And, and uh, we'll keep this to, uh, you know, we'll end at 9 Eastern at the latest, um, whatever time that translates to each of you. But so I'm going to uh, hopefully, hopefully not do a lot of talking, which is unusual for me <laughs> with, these, with these things. Uh, but what I want to do is, is thank each of you for being on here. And I'll just call out uh, each of your, I guess, maybe your first names here in a second. Just tell us your name, restaurant, city. And uh, I'd say also just throw out there anything you want to rap about tonight or get out of this evening, if anything at all, no pressure to have anything specific. And then we'll just, uh, just start talking y'all. And I mean, you know, y'all are a group of people that uh, you're, you're, a, you're part of a small group. Here comes somebody here. Let's see here. Yeah. Uh, you just joined. It's Joanna. Joanna York, what's up? How are you? Oh. Good. How are you? Awesome. Sorry, I'm late. Sorry. No, that's okay. We there might be a couple other ladies joining as well. So uh, Joanna's up at Syracuse in Syracuse, New York. Uh, has two restaurants, Alto Cinco and Otro Cinco. Um, and oh, I'm so glad you made it. Do you have video, Joanna, or are you just on audio? Um. I'm just on the phone. Okay. No problem. <clears throat> no worries. Um, th thank you so much for joining. I was actually literally just kind of starting by saying that <clears throat> this is our first effort at doing something like this, sort of introducing people that we've been fortunate to get to know and that we respect a lot uh, through y'all being our customers, uh, and, you know, all of you, of course, been on the, the podcast at minimum and different types of media we've done. Ramey was in our second book. Um, and, you know, when we come up with something like this, we always have a really short list of people that we, we just, we trust, we, we, we value your opinions, we admire you, we respect you, and we, uh, you know, we, we know that, I mean, y'all are just a group of people that we know will always kind of step up and help us out when we're trying something new. So thank you for doing it once again. Um, but this is really cool. I mean, you know, Tessa and I were talking last week about this idea on a podcast and, you know, we, we feel, we know so many really uh, successful women in this business uh, that we're so for fortunate to serve. And I was telling her, you know, 10 years ago, when we did our first book, we were doing interviews for that. And I think, you know, we self-published it in like maybe 2011. And we, we had one female owner in that book. There were 20 owners and we had one female owner. It was not, wow. not through lack of effort. Now, part of that's because we were a lot smaller and we only were, you know, we only included customers in it. So uh, we didn't have as many customers, period, to, to kind of work from. But right. it was very really challenging. Yeah. And it was a, you know, part of the book that I really just 
I felt like it was missing a lot uh, by being so skewed to male owners. And then when we did the second one, we had a lot more success and Ramey and uh, several other uh, ladies were in that. And then it just seems like we've seen, we just see a lot more of that now. And, you know, if I were to rattle off, you know, 20 or so owners that I've gotten to know over the many years of doing this that I really have a ton of respect for and admire a lot, you know, over half, I think, would be y'all and some of your peers uh, that are female owners. But you, you, you're you, in an industry that, you know, I have so much respect for you because you're in an industry that's it's, it's not been easy for women just in general to work in this industry for a lot of reasons for a long time. And um, y'all are right. leaders in your industry. Uh, you're, you're strong women uh, with um, very positive attitudes, which translates through to your staff and your community. Uh, it's, part, it's a big part of your success. Uh, you bring so much passion and care and love and intention to what you do. So um, it's a big honor for us to, to have this opportunity. It's a big honor for us to get to introduce y'all to each other. And with that, I said I wouldn't talk a ton. I already have. So let me let me let's switch gears. And I'll just go down the uh, the list I have on my right here. I'm looking at a participants uh, in that order. So the first one, actually, Joanna, uh, that would be you, Joanna York up in Syracuse. Just tell us your name, uh, your restaurant names, where you are and anything you you know you want to wrap about tonight, um, if there's anything in particular. Uh, okay, well, thanks. First of all, thanks for inviting me. Um, so I'm in Syracuse, New York. I have a restaurant called Alto Cinco that I've had for 25 years. And I have another restaurant that's called Otro Cinco, which uh, I've had for about seven years. And that one has been closed since the second wave of the, uh, the COVID. So since the end of November, that restaurant's not operational. But I'm thinking we're going to get it started again pretty soon. Um, so I've been able to just focus a lot of my efforts back at my other restaurant. I'm in the current running for some second wave of PPP money. So that feels pretty good. Um, we're down to less than half the staff, probably obvious for most places. And we're just glad to still be in business. And I'm looking forward to learning anything um, that you got, you guys all want to share with the meeting tonight. That's why I joined in. Awesome. Thanks, Joanna. All right, Ramey, you're up. Uh, hey, my name is Ramey uh, Rosello. I own a restaurant right now called Comida. Um, and I also have a food truck, which is how I started this concept. Um, in my experience, I've owned 10 different restaurants, uh, three different concepts. And um, I'm at this point in my life down to one restaurant. Uh, with one food truck and it feels incredibly liberating, especially <laughs> during um, COVID. So um, having more than one, having more than one thing would feel terrifying to me at this point in time. Um, the, the food truck we put into hibernation, which we've never done, even uh, living, my restaurants in Colorado, I, I, we're in uh, just outside of Denver and I live in Boulder. So um, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm really pleased. Uh, Will, you're somebody that I feel like in addition to always feeling so supported by you and what you guys do at Schedule Fly, I just, as a human being, I, I really think you're the bee's knees. I think you're just a good man. And um, I was thrilled uh, that you asked to do 
me to do wh whatever this is going to become. Um, I'm, I'm excited to meet you ladies. So it's great to be here. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Ramey. Uh, feelings mutual. Uh, Tessa Velasquez up in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital at Baked and Wired and a couple other concepts. Tessa, you're up. Hi, guys. Yeah, I'm Tessa, and we have uh, a couple concepts, bakeries in Washington, D.C. There's Baked and Wired, uh, which is hitting 20 years this year, um, wow. and I grew up in that in that spot, so I've kind of grown up in the industry, which is a really crazy perspective. Um, so my parents opened that, grew up in that location, um, and then I helped open down a second location five years ago called a Big Joint, and then we opened a restaurant right that second location, our first full service restaurant two years ago. Um, and actually, well, I don't even know if I've officially told you this because I'm kind of still scoping it out, but um, I'm looking at opening a, a bread concept, a bakery concept uh, in New York City in Brooklyn. Um, so that's, that's my next endeavor right now. Um, something I definitely would love support on and advice on whole new city for me, whole new, not a whole new concept, but you know, every city is different, especially New York. So different from DC. So, um, and I, I just think opening a business this time or, or, you know, slotting to hopefully open it as this is going to be a whole new world for food and, um, and, and leadership and how we run our teams and how we run restaurants and, and what people expect from dining services. So I'm really excited to just get all of your, your expertise and your knowledge and input and advice as I go into that next chapter, as well as, you know, keeping these, one of these businesses, you know, that's putting me, how to keep it relevant and cool and, um, and um, I think it's hard to not get you know, jaded and burnt out in this industry. So how to kind of keep the liveliness going. And so I'm really excited to meet with you guys and, and learn more and be supportive in any way that I can be supportive as well. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Emily Blunt, Oxford, Mississippi. What's up? Hey, um, lovely to meet all of you. And thank you for uh, having me. Um, I am not a native Mississippian. I uh, moved to Oxford um, after spending about 15 years in New York uh, City. I moved here about eight years ago and I opened a restaurant called St. Leo um, five years ago. And uh, about, I guess, 2019, I opened a, um, a cocktail bar and lounge um as well and i actually just closed that down um not uh, you know yes it sort of had to do with covid um with the closing of it in a sense but actually more to the point was i couldn't come to a lease agreement with my landlord um to move forward in the pandemic i was pretty you know uh clear about what i needed um and so now i just have the one restaurant uh that i moved to the larger space so i flipped in the middle of them both because the bar and cocktail um spot was larger than the original restaurant so i'm operating the restaurant out of the new space which is going well um all things considered and um, yeah, I'm dealing with the second round of the PPP as well and um, wondering and, you know, kind of waiting to see what's going to happen with um, the independent restaurant um, coalition with the, you know, the Restaurant Act to see if anything comes of that. And 
yeah, it's been a wild ride. 2020 feels like it was a really long year. <laughs> um, so you're getting me in a very uh, scaled down moment. I just um, got out of the shower and I'm happy to be talking to all of you. <laughs> cool. Get on. Is there anything that y'all want to, uh, I mean, we can keep this, you know, we can go any direction you want, really. I mean, my, my personal interest uh, or one of, one part of my personal interest was just really trying to um, give y'all an opportunity to talk about, you know, with your peers, leadership style, um, what's, what is going on with, you know, we've had Me Too, um, which, which is, you know, exposed a lot of things in the industry. Uh, there's still a lot more, you know, that needs to change in the industry. Uh, and the other thing too, ladies, is I'm, I guess something that seems to be sort of hot button issue for me now, just in general, with everybody I talk to, not just with Schedule 5, but friends and family and everybody else is just the importance of uh, personal care, you know, and mental health, physical health and finding that balance. And my goodness, your industry, probably more so than any, it's very challenging to do that, but so important um, to, to be able to weather, you know, all that you have to weather in, in your business, particularly over the last year. So why don't we start with that? Like, what do y'all do to find balance or are you able to find balance or is it just almost impossible sometimes? Um, well, can we just, um, speak like as we, I'm not sure how this works. Like if, if one person's talking, does, yeah. can everyone hear them? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we yeah. Hear you, Joanna. We can Absolutely. hear you. Okay. okay. So the only thing I want to say about that is, I don't know what you guys think, but I feel like since the COVID, it's just been such a relief in a certain way, as much as the financial pressure is hard, but just having like the option to be closed a little bit more and have for the first time, I don't know, for 25 years, we've we're closed one day and it just feels so different. And I don't think I can go back to seven days a week. I don't want to. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah. I no, go ahead. Emily. Um, I was going to say, I, um, we also used to just be closed only one day a week and since then have had much more scaled down hours. And that has been, really nice um and at least for me after i was closed for five months before being able to open up in any capacity um and it has definitely reminded me to spend more dedicated time at home i have two kids um oh, wow. i've definitely feel like i've reoriented uh a bit with that yeah i i I, I loved, I would say uh, we closed for the first three weeks of COVID completely. And, um, and my, my staff is, I mean, before we closed, we probably had 35, close to 40 people working. And so um, we just had, I just basically committed to paying my management all the way through and have never stopped paying them. Um, we got the first round of PPP. I, I feel confident that we'll get the second round of PPP. That to me is the biggest like sigh of relief and just knowing that yeah. um, finan financially, I mean, if I can, if my finances, if I don't have to dig into my own 
personal finances, which sometimes are great and sometimes aren't great, um, then I, then I can sleep at night. And if I can sleep at night, I can do anything. And um, so we, we went down to five days a week. And as of, as of November, right around the time, close to the time that Colorado shut down again for indoor dining, uh, we had gone to seven days a week and we just continued with seven days a week. Um, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I always like to encourage myself and remind myself that I don't have to be there every single day of the week in order for it to function and function well. And that means that I've got good people doing what I'm paying them to do. Um, uh, so, and rent is 365 days a year. Uh, so seven days a week makes sense to me in terms of what, what we do, but that's just that that's my own personal choice. Our hours are confined uh, more than they used to be. So we close at eight because people just make bad decisions after they've had too much to drink. And, and usually after eight o'clock is when that happens and we're not a bar. So we have the space to do what we're doing. So I, you know, with the PPP money, um, we're, we're, I know that we're going to get through to the other side and um, I I hope is the same for all of us. Right. Yeah. yeah. PP has been absolutely huge. Yeah. Yeah, it was scary getting that first round, but once that came through, and now the second round coming, it's like I'm. I actually well, can't it's like it. it's like <laughs> magic too. Like, I mean, I had somebody respond to our PPP application the other day, and he just said, "I need these things," and he signed it Ed, and I was like that's gotta be scam. Like that can't be real. And, and then when I like searched through everything and found like, Oh no, that wasn't my bank's address coming from some guy named Ed that didn't put a signature line. Like the whole thing it's just, it's just so weird. It's all weird. Yeah. It's um, happening really fast. I think too. Yep. Yeah. Like I filled my application out in the beginning of the week and today I got a message that it was approved and I closed tomorrow. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I was really surprised. But I, I went through a really small local bank, and I think that makes the big difference, right? Makes the the biggest difference. I have a girlfriend up in Boise that owns a restaurant, and she went through a Montana bank, and she got her loan approved in two days without with basically just saying, this is what my name is, and I own this restaurant. Like, she didn't have to give anything. <laughs> wow. wow. So. Wow. How has, um have you all maintained your staff uh did you ever, did any of you guys close altogether for a while or um, lay people off or any of those things? Yeah, we we're lucky. I mean, I think being in the cafe bakery business, those actually did very well throughout COVID because we were already set up for takeout. It's already small things, sandwiches, everything that all the restaurants had to adjust to. Um, but our restaurant had to close down for about five months. And then reopen as a whole new concept uh, that was more takeout friendly, a whole new menu that we only needed one person to be uh, like at least front of staff front. And then the other, um, the other staff we were able to use just kind of move people around from our other kitchens to give them more hours because their hours are cut. Um, so we, yeah, I mean, I just, I just think we were really lucky in having the concept that we had. And I feel so much for, for the restaurants having the one restaurant and how hard it's it's still been to get people to to buy the food and to do the takeout model and um so that's another thing i'd love to talk to you guys about after we answer this question is is you know how that's been adjusting to a takeout kind of model and having a full service restaurant because we just 
it's been so tough for us. Our bakeries are, are like what's keeping the, the restaurant going. So it's even with PPP, we burned through that. Um, just how to keep that alive. But yeah, with staff, I mean, we've been lucky. We can just kind of like move people around a lot. I lost a lot of staff, but um, I was able to keep a few people, but I was already operating for, since I opened as a, I also was a takeout and delivery, and then I had a dining room. So it was really easy to make the switch and get open again, because we already knew how to do it. We just, um, probably everybody did this. You just changed the menu a little bit, scaled it down. Um, but I did feel like there was almost some, some relief in that there was no way I could have operated with the um, reduction in business with all of the key people that I had for so long and um, make it work. It just wasn't possible. And it seemed kind of mutual. A lot of people, um, I had some staff that were with me for over 15 years and some of them I think were so sort of burnt out, but didn't know how to leave. And it gave them an option that didn't feel like, they quit me. They just moved on to find other careers. Like they, they probably were ready to leave long before. Um, and then a few people stayed and that was great. But I found that with that, I don't know if anyone else experienced that, but I had a lot of people that were really well paid when we were a full operational restaurant and bar that was open until two o'clock in the morning. Um, for, like I said, seven days, because I'm, I'm right on the border of Syracuse University. So we had that crowd and it was great to maintain that for so long. But once we switched down and, you know, we were open until 10 at night now and we make cocktails to go and it's, it's okay, but I couldn't have supported all of those people. And that was such a pressure in the beginning of like, how are we going to get open again and maintain that kind of payroll? And so it kind of naturally happened this way and it's pretty, it's, it's pretty good. I've offered some staff um, repeatedly, you know, messages that when we get back to full table service, certain people want to come back and we'll have a space for them. But I don't know if anyone else experienced that. No, I, I mean, we definitely had a, I had a strong staff at my restaurant and while I had, and 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 I'm and I'm grateful that they've all, for the most part, stayed. Anybody that we furloughed in the beginning, um, I mean, we have. I own a Me it's a Mexican restaurant, um, uh, so I have a pretty big Mexican kitchen staff. So a lot of those people never oh, furloughed oh. because they were probably um, also not there. They just couldn't furlough. So I was really excited to. We only closed for three full weeks, and when we opened back up to just start doing you know, part-time uh, uh, only takeout uh, for the first six weeks, because that's all we were allowed to do. They were just, they were yeah. just psyched to have any hours that they could have. And, yeah, that's great. Um, that's cool. We've had a, it, it, it was super cool. And I think, I think one of the things I'm really grateful for that has come out of this whole experience is um, my staff's commitment to creating a family meal every single lunch and dinner shift. And yeah, it, I, yeah. I don't know, I don't know why we didn't, we weren't so into it before, but I think with COVID we yeah. were able to actually all sit down with each other in the middle yeah. of the day because nobody, nobody same. was in the restaurant. That's same thing. Yeah. yeah. The and same it, and thing it cre happened to us. created this so amazing good. feeling of family, which uh, has, yep. has, has only continued forward and people are so 
loyal now. Um, it feels like they're yeah. just so grateful yeah. that we've done anything yeah. for them. So, yeah, that's, that's been a good opportunity for growth. I think it's sure. like one of the best things that's happened. I feel for same. sure. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. All right. What, what, uh, so let's get into, let's get into the, um, aspect y'all of, I mean, and you know, I'm a man, so I can't, I cannot relate <laughs> to what it must be like to, well, first of all, I've never owned a restaurant and certainly, uh, you know, I can't relate to what it must be like to be a female to own a restaurant, but I've talked to enough of you to know that it's, you know, it, it has its, its opportunities and its blessings, but it also has its challenges. So, I mean, let's just, Talk about what's been happening. Like we had me too. We've had a lot of restaurant people that have been in the business for a lot of men that have been in the business for decades that, you know, lost their business uh, rightfully so uh, because of this, there's been a lot of bad behavior that's been exposed. I'm sure there's plenty that, you know, hasn't been needs to be. What do y'all like, just give me your general uh, temperature check on, you know, how, um, uh, the, the evolution of that um, in the industry, what's gotten better in your years and some of you've been at this longer than others been then, you know, what needs to continue to get better in this industry? I'll, I'll chime in. I, I've been doing this, I'm, I just turned 50 in December. So I've been doing it since I was 15 years old starting in New York city, um, where I had a manager whose name was Neil and would like tell me I was a whacked out bitch at 15 years old. So, I mean, I, 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 I love the, just the toughness of our industry and, um, that we've been able to break rules for so long. And it's almost, it's it, to me, this experience of going through COVID and sort of dialing down and resetting and with all the things that happened with me too, um, I, I have almost been relieved to just been, be able to say, you know, it's not appropriate anymore, or yes, of course you yeah. get to get paid. Yeah. You're going to get, you're going to get a 15 minute break or a half an hour break or whatever. Like, like, instead of feeling like all of our tips go onto people's paychecks. So there's no gray areas. There's no, nobody's, right. nobody's winning the sit, like skirting the situation, not going to, you know, only pay $750 and um, income tax like Trump did. We, none of us get to yeah. do that. Um, we're just yeah. all yeah. showing up and doing the best that we can with the things that we know work. And um, it's been really a relief. Uh, it's sort of like when you lie to somebody and then you're like, Oh fuck, I, I, I let me just tell you the truth. Like it's all of a sudden you've told the truth and it feels relieving. So there's been something about COVID for me that has really, uh, that has really come out with my staff. You know, I, I have some, I had, I had somebody today text me and say, my name is Shay now it's not Stella and I'm a, they, them. And I like, I yeah, had to write about it. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. I had to write about it in our staff notes and I wanted to like, and I'm all for Shay just in the same way that I was for yeah. Stella. Um, but I, and I want to, I wanted to laugh and I just had to like keep it super PC in my yeah. notes. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's but, same. exactly. But it's better than what it used to be, which is like, fuck that person. And do like, Oh my God, what are they? Who do they think they are? I mean, she's 16, like, or they are 16. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All the things. I, it, so. 
I have two members the same that became they over this COVID and it's like, wow, this is how it is now. And it's cool. Cause it's more defined and yep. it's interesting. Yeah. It adds it layers. Came back. We were closed for five months. I mean, we were doing some curbside during that time, but it was, you know, with a very, very small crew. Um, but I definitely came back with a brand new perspective on like, getting everything swept out from under the carpet if there's like a if there's just a, an issue on any level i was like we're talking about it right now i, I definitely yeah. even in my in my staff um you know particularly younger men who have a hard time being led by women um you know my uh managing partner is my sister-in-law um we're both in our 40s we're both um we're definitely bolder people because this is what we're doing, <laughs> you, you know? Um, so it's been interesting to see how, how some of those people deal with the, with the opposite um, and, you know, the things that come along with that. And uh, there has been kind of just a refreshing, uh, an opportunity to turn that page and say like, no, like no bad behavior will be tolerated, even though we said it before, but now it was like when we reopened, it was just an opportunity to actually start with a fresh page um, and to have real conversations with people before we even reopened about problematic behaviors, whether they were anything to do with, I mean, you know, me too, or just down to following through to, you know, uh, doing what you signed up to do every day. Um, so that, that, um, that has been really nice. I guess transparency um, has been a yeah. silver lining without a doubt. Totally. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm totally seeing that too with staff. I think they're feeling a lot safer to even come in with problems or concerns, whether, you know, on, on the high end, you know, assault, harassment, but even just like how they're feeling about something that made them feel bad, like just being more open with, with, how they're actually feeling about things. And um, will this, that I, I, the silver lining I'm seeing coming out of COVID, I anticipate is, you know, a lot of these toxic environments where there, there is a lot of this stuff happening and, and Me Too was marking this. Those, that, a lot of those places had to close because those are ultimately like usually very like totally. toxic, fine dining that are closed <laughs> and what really, you know, left not all to do with leadership, but I, you know, I look at you woman and it's a reminder of this, I think of, of having, you know, having that strong feminine kind of leadership of checking in with people, having family meals, like, you know, really taking care of your staff that I just find it hard that staff is going to be able to go back to go stand in front of a fryer in the back of a kitchen for 15 hours while some mean man yells at them, you know, like they're going to come want to yeah. work for this kind of leadership where they know they're taken care of, where they know that they're working reasonable hours, where they know someone's like saying, how are you today? You know, um, giving them a little like rub on the back, like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and I'm really excited yeah. for that evolution is I really think combination of Me Too and COVID and we're coming out of this is gonna be, you know, I don't say like female leadership, but more of a feminine leadership of, of, of communication, of empathy, like that I think is gonna be more. Sharing political caring, sure. caring which yep. which you know we probably all a little bit naturally take on just balance we all yeah. need balance 
Yeah. yeah, I'm so excited to see that because I've also grown up in this industry and I've just seen, yeah. you know, I heard from my mother who who I saw having to really like work for that respect from the young guys normally and really have to resort to being, you know, and I'm sure you guys have been there too, like not her best self, her more like her more, I guess, tap into that masculine, that kind of like yelling, that kind of, you know, t- tough, getting that tough aspect across just to be listened to. And I don't think you have to do that as much anymore. And we're hopefully getting to a place where you just don't have to resort to that to be respected. No, I mean, I totally agree with you. I, I am so over listening to people talk about how much they work. I can't like there's, it doesn't, it doesn't serve them in any way. It doesn't serve me in any way as the listener. And I, I, with my staff, with my, even my salary staff, like I, you know, I, I, I finally said, okay, fine. It's between 40 and 50. It's not 50 plus and you have to work unless nothing else gets, you know, or like it's, it's between 40 and 50. And I, I I feel like their quality of life has improved in such a way that it's allowed this feeling to, to, to just grow. And, and, and it feels better to be at the restaurant. It feels better from the customer standpoint. I think they can taste it. Yeah. 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 I feel like there's no going back. (laughs) No, so many things have been, I I think um, similar to what everyone has said so far, just to, uh, being more defined with all of the policies that I think um, the the transparency of everything from just like language, the issues around gender, um, race, just defining it. Like when you hire someone, we've always had a policy that people would sign off on with sexual harassment policy, but we had um, a pretty horrific incident happen um, about a year or two back with a, a long-term staff member. And when I found out about it, of course, I dismissed the person. But when we all sat and talked about what was going on and how and why and just the whole, the nature of everything, it was like a shocker. I was very close with this person for so long. Um, but when some of my male staff members just looked at me and said, we don't know exactly the the fine lines of like you know they're good guys but they were like scared for like what can what 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 kind of like long-term um repercussions of this like everyone just seemed to be so frightened of losing their job and then they wanted to have some kind of um almost like an like a intervention of education and so i hired a person to come in and really really define the whole um the 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 real definition of what sexual harassment is and it just leveled the playing field every one of my staff had to attend it and it was great and it made a big difference for um everyone going forward around all the issues of gender which i think is really relevant this time Do you, yeah i was gonna i want to i'm glad you mentioned that joanne i wanted to ask you about that about um, inclusivity and what you did. I mean, you've also got issues with race that have been, you know, um, really surfacing a lot in our country in the last year and certainly in this industry. So how do y'all, um, how do you stay on top of that? I find it to be very challenging to know, I mean, sometimes what is an appropriate thing to say or not say or, uh, 
it's it's hard. So how, how do do y'all have um, also the rest of you have folks you've hired in like Joanna? Or do you have like a, a diversity council or group within your organizations? Well, um, I I have um, I'll, I have my head chef and my um, bar director are both African American men younger than me um and cut two years ago in, in 2018 we um did a black history cocktail month menu um and it became a really big deal um not positive uh, and um you know on one hand it really lifted joe my bar director um into the limelight and it's been amazing for his career uh on the same side unexpectedly on my part as a you know white woman who owns and operates but wasn't in charge of the creative on that sense but also kind of failed to be the artistic director and and to kind of um quantify and qualify well not no um provide context i failed to provide context in that in that scenario um, I almost lost the business. It was a really, really challenging um, yeah. time. And so as we've walked through all of this, like the pandemic and um, then all of the um, tensions that have been rising, and of course I'm in Mississippi, so um, it's uh, a very, very deeply- um, Red state. Uh, yeah, well, red state, I mean, and I, I'm a little, we're, we're a blue dot in the red state, but- sure. Mm -hmm. the, the depth of the history here is just um as someone who's not from here it's really beyond me I mean and I learned how much I don't know and and still continue to and I guess I'm only skirting around it a little bit because it's like there it's so much to get into but I found uh -huh. myself much more hesitant to get involved after my experience in 2018 because um it was it was so difficult i i mean just so deeply difficult also for joe also for uh, you know um or jd my head chef i mean so we had a lot of internal conversations about it but we have not been as externally focused when it comes to um being like ultra vocal about race um here and now this time around but i think that is a direct re reaction because of what we went through all together in mm -hmm. 2018. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's kind of making a very complicated story kind of. Um, oh, anyway, sorry. No, I mean, I, I was born, I was really born in Alabama. It is super interesting. I was born in Alabama. I mean, I the, like the history of the South, it's, it's big and it's real and it's complicated and it's messy and I'm a white woman. <laughs> so, I, you know, being in Colorado with all of this stuff, I, at some point, I mean, I, 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 I you know, I, I've not always been a straight woman. I've, I've also been a gay woman. And so at some point in time in my restaurant world, I decided my restaurant is not the place for me to make my political statements. And I, I just, even though I have them um, and, I, and I feel like they're important and it's important for me to take a stand within the restaurant, it's such, it's such a diverse community. It, we have so many lesbians and gays, theys and thems. We have Mexicans, we have right. black people. We have, it's like the, our staff yeah. is, it's, they're, it's a serving economy and a, and, a, and a back of the house economy that attracts 
a diverse group of people. Um, and so because of that, I, I feel like we are, we are all in general, I think the sex, uh, the like um, people saying inappropriate, like just even, even my chef, who's a gay 45 year old woman, she, she will make like comments towards like sexual comments <laughs> towards her male staff. And I think, what are you doing? Like, you can't, you can't say yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. And she doesn't, one... she doesn't anymore, which is great, but it yeah. took, it took some time to like, and I think it took COVID for us all to realize like, we're just all fucking lucky to have a job here at this point in time. Can we yeah. just be nice to each yeah. other and just keep your mouth yeah. shut. Just keep your mouth yeah. shut yeah. Let's, and yeah. do your job. And let's, we can still have yeah. fun together but fun doesn't always yeah. have to mean teasing to people to the point where you make them cry, <laughs> which, you know, when uh. I was 25, <laughs> that's what it was. I was, yeah. you know, I remember. So. I found that my staff in general has been much more sensitive um, in both good and bad ways. Uh, and a lot of them, I mean, it's been really hard. Like the, just the pandemic period has been hard, even though they're, yeah. I do think that they're happy that we have the business and that we're back and we're, you know, um, up and running and all of this stuff, but, but they, I just see stressed people. Um, and we, we, ha we too, we, we have family meal and that helps and they, uh, they do come together in a really loving way which is one of the positives but I also just see people who are they've lost connection with their family and their roots and it's it's been hard My yeah yeah for sure had a hard time yeah that didn't really have anything to do with the um race for me too, but but there, oh, there's that um, by the way, I had to step away. I apologize. My son's in there gaming and he keeps getting louder and louder. And I feel <laughs> my, my husband's doing the same thing. I don't know. He's not gaming, but I'm like, come on, dude. How, how loud do you have to be while you cook dinner? Dude, Jesus Christ. We went through this right before I started, but, uh, but anyway, uh, in my, in my, my daughter was, I was going to have her come and just sit in here and watch y'all. But she's she got she was she's probably a, like why dad well really? you know, because y'all are great role models and uh, strong independent uh, women who I admire and I think that it's important to have you know good role models for our kids from different aspects of their life and uh, but she got grounded she got in trouble uh, so she's really upset. <laughs> I guess That's hilarious. This seems like something you can attend if you were grounded. Like this is a like a positive thing. <laughs> oh, it is, but she's really upset. <laughs> she's really she's got it. oh she's upset, so she doesn't want to be a part of it. I got you. No, she's she's not happy. But, you know, Trust she, fucking but, kids, man. Um, okay, Tessa. Um, so you are an interesting example here, where you grew up in the industry, uh, your mom and your dad. Uh, worked in tandem to, to start to build this business and you grew up around it. What did you, um, I get a couple of questions. I, I meant to ask you this the other day and, and I thought about this after we talked. Okay, so you must have learned 
again, you've mentioned this tonight and then, you know, sort of the, the masculine and the feminine, right? The, the yin and the yang of, of all this. What did you learn from your uh, mom and your dad that you've, you know, because uh, I'm sure you learned different things from them. So I'm curious how that impacted you um, as, a, as a female uh, owner. Yeah, I mean, I would say that my mom and dad don't have typical like masculine, feminine leadership styles. And my mom really always took charge in a lot of ways. My dad hates confrontation. So he would kind of sit on the side and be the nice guy. Um, but, you know, for me, it's just been interesting and a lesson in partnership. And um, especially as I go into this new venture. Um, one thing I know, at least for me, is I do not work with my boyfriend, husband, and this not going to be for me. I just saw way too much growing up. Um, and it's hard. It's hard to balance that. But on the other hand, there's that, like that idea of trust that you really can only get that level of trust with someone that you're, you're committed to. Um, and I don't know if you guys are partners, um, but, um, and it's, it, I think that's what I really learned is, is the trust factor of having really, and I work with my family, you know, so it is, Trust each other so deeply. And I think it's also, on the other hand, made it's difficult for us to trust non-family members into leadership roles. And I think that's been bad and something that I'm trying to be conscious of and, and learn from. But um, you know, just the importance of relationships that you build, especially when you're going to go into business with, and how tricky that can be to have that work-life balance. It's already, as you guys know, tricky to have work-life balance when you own um, a restaurant or anything in, in beverage. And so when you couple that with the person that you build a life with, you know, you go home and there is no work-life balance. There is no relaxing at the end of the day and, and having a glass of wine. You're like, you're then you're sitting at home and you're talking about all the horrible things that happened that day. Yeah. 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 Grew up with ground for that, which is tough. Not that it's for everyone, just my experience. And um, so a great lesson in how to really going back to the self-care, like how to learn from that and kind of try to break that and and have that separation um, to to not bring that home and not make that as all consuming as it already is. We're all in this business because you know we're all we love it and we must be a little crazy because it is an all consuming yeah. job yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's crazy. There's no way it's around crazy. it. We yeah. love it, but how can how can we create a little bit more balance? And so it's very interesting to see my my parents grow up. I think that's why. You know, I, I've learned so much because it was just, it's what I lived and breathed, you know, my whole life. Um, so I'm grateful for that. But definitely learning how to, how I can take steps for myself to create that balance. And I think for me, number one, that's going to come with just really a little bit more separate. Yeah. I, I owned a business with a partner, uh, with, a, with a woman. We had pizzerias and we opened five of them together. And I was wow. uh, when, and then she bought, we split up and we continued to do what we were doing for a period of time, a couple more years. And I was finally like raised my hand. I was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. This is terrible. Um, please let me, please let me go. And she bought me out and that was a great thing. And, and then I was, I, I bought into another business where I was partners with somebody and now I just own it by myself. And some days it feels like all of the thing, like all like the way it feels like it's all, it's all me. It's, but mostly mm -hmm. it's just fucking great. Like I, when I'm not making money, I don't have, I don't have, it's fine. It's just me not making money. And when we are making money, it's, it's great because I get to make more money. And I think um, my husband owns a, a pork company and he does his businesses 
fucking great and it's gonna he's good we're gonna be just fine and um we don't we don't uh his business is his business and my business is mine and that is a really mm -hmm. that way when we talk about things at home it's usually about the kids or or what we're having for dinner or or the dogs <laughs> or whatever where we want to go like it's something besides business which is really great it's a healthy balance mm -hmm. for me for healthy, me yeah yeah So uh, we've got a few more minutes. Um, if y'all uh, have just maybe like five or 10 more, I just want to ask, Tessa, you're, you're opening a place you mentioned in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. uh, is that with your family? Is that you and why Brooklyn? And how can we help you? <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I love Brooklyn. I've been coming here for, a while I've always kind of noticed that it's has a lot of things, but it doesn't have bread. Um, and that's really what I specialize in, in DC. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to bringing this concept and bringing with bread, I think comes such a neighborhood community, you know, people just for thousands of years have come together over bread. Um, so I'm really excited to, to bring that to the city and bring that a little more to a neighborhood in Brooklyn, not really the main part. Um, and yeah, I'll be doing it alone, actually. I'm, I'm um, still involved in the other businesses in DC. I always will be uh, with my family, but I think it's just time for me to kind of branch off a little bit. So yeah, I mean, I'm at the very beginning stages. I've just really been looking at real estate right now. It just seems like a good, you know, sadly, because businesses are going out and, and leases are getting lower. So I'm trying to get a good deal now. Um, but I haven't oh, even... Great. But um but I would love to stay in touch with you guys and, and ask any questions as they, as they come up. It's going to be a really interesting world to, to open a new restaurant in um, a new cafe, but I'm, I'm really excited. And I think, um, I think people are going to be, I'm an eternal optimist in a lot of ways, but I do think people are so excited to come out and support, especially their local spots. Like you guys, like they already are. And once they can do it safely, they're just going to be coming in droves and they're going to appreciate the, the services that we provide. You know, they appreciate so much more yeah. getting food served to them because they had to cook it themselves for them. Like, I just think it's going to be great. Like, yeah. I really think, I yeah. really want, want to believe that people are going to be more grateful more patient more you know we'll see how long that lasts until they go back to their old ways but you know i i um i think it's going to be a cool time to to be in food again and hopefully this has been you know energizing for our customers as well to realize how good they had it um and and how much we do for them and how essential we are so um That's awesome couldn't agree more and congratulations um i'm excited for you and i will just say because there's very little restriction down here which to be honest with you has been kind of scary but um i mean we're at 75 percent capacity inside uh dining at the bar we have shields up and things like that but i will tell you that it has been the busiest january i've ever had i mean wow wow Great. it's been it's been insane so i believe that that's also coming like that 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 pent up tidal wave mm -hmm. is coming um and i also do agree that i think people are I, i'm very optimistic all the time but i do think that people are getting out of the chain mentality and into the local mentality and really yeah yeah 
what yeah. it's been like to be, you know, so much a part of your community. So um, the wow. bread sounds amazing. I coat bread I is a winner, <laughs> and I will come and eat your bread. Yes. You, uh, Emily, do you know That's anybody awesome. uh, from New York, like from your days there? Do you know anybody that uh, in the business that we could connect Tessa with? Yeah. Um, and the name of their bakery, actually a good friend of mine owns a bakery in Brooklyn. Um, oh, but I can't really? remember its name right now. It's French, but they are Israeli, the owners. Um, I mean, the bakery is French and it's like oh. with a C, but I'll, I'll, um, I'll make the connection. Okay. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really trying to, I'm trying to get my, my food community here in New York too. Cause it's just, it's like a whole new, you know, you get, you get your food people, your industry friends. And, and I think that's so important where, where we have restaurants and I'm really looking to make those connections here in Brooklyn. So yeah, I would totally. Awesome. Awesome. Yes, we've got a, we've been really We've been real lucky in New York, um, Brooklyn, Manhattan and stuff over the years. Um, so we have a ton of customers there. So why, I mean, I'll, I'll follow up with you and maybe we could, um, you know, make some connections with some folks here. And do you have a, uh, do you have a realtor uh, shopping you with, or like, how are you finding property there? Yeah, a friend of a friend connected me to a great broker. So I'm, I love her. I've been super happy with her. and. Um, and she's, she's been helping me see some spots. Yeah. I'm going on a big tour tomorrow, actually. That's great. But yeah. Well, that would be awesome. Thank you. Okay. Here we'll wrap it up, but I do want to do this. I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out there and any or all, but I got to at least have one of you Kyle, can answer this. So if you were like, I wish Bella were here cause I was going to get you to pitch her, but let's pretend she's here. All right. 16 year old how would you um convince somebody that is a, a young female um that this is a wonderful industry to participate in as y'all have <laughs> i don't know i mean it was freeing for me <laughs> at 15 at 15 <laughs> years old to be able to like sell and feel confident and get good positive feedback and, and in the form of tips as well as like actual, you know, like I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a fantastic way to make a living and, and anybody that ever works with me or uh, sort of around me that sort of feels bad about, oh, I'm still just waiting tables or I'm still just doing this. I just, I feel like it's a profession. It's a, it's a thing that we can do for as long as we can. And if you're working at a great spot, you're going to get taken care of also. Um, I think I, my, my 16 year old daughter works at Comida and she makes fucking great money and she's a hostess and she runs the show when she's there and she's got lots of confidence and she's also gracious. And I, I think it's a, she's a, she's a beautiful young woman. So I, I think oftentimes that's like that's a hard thing for people because like when you're anyway she's really pretty and I didn't make her her I'm her stepmom <laughs> she people you know people are taken aback by how nice she can be and she's just she just fucking nails it so I think it's a great way for kids to get like accustomed to actually working and know that they can make money I think it's awesome love it love it I think it's like um it's like 
stepping on Noah's Ark, and it's a great way to travel the world without actually even leaving if you have the right crew of people. Yeah. Wow. What an interesting way to put it. I love that. Very cool. With all, with all the animals. Yeah. <laughs> all the animals. You got to get along. Y'all got to get along. But yeah. you do learn the the whole range of skills. You you have to wear so many hats. You have to you do gain confidence. You have to interact. You learn how to read people. You learn how to yep. talk to different types of people. Um, you learn, you know, the value of, of hard work. You also learn how to sell. I mean, there's uh, there's a lot of hugely amount of, of, of lessons can be learned in one in one room. So true. And I actually always tell people I think there should be a requirement. It's like you have to be part of the Israeli army for six months or whatever. You have to because <laughs> you can tell if, whether you're at a restaurant, you're at a party, like that, that person has never worked in the service industry. There is just like a kindness. There's yeah. an empathy. There's, yeah. there's a confidence. There's humor. You know, I think humor is so big in this yeah. industry. You have to laugh at yourself. Like you, you just, yeah. all wonderful qualities that just make you a good person. I can tell within 10 minutes that that person has never worked in the service industry. And like, I don't know, I'm just saying, I think there should be some kind of um, requirement for it to just make you a good, relatable person and and to speak about you know um what you were saying about you know what we're talking about with diversity that i i so believe in that too it's like we attract the most diverse people and growing up in this industry i feel like you know when i just feel like i've met every type of person working here i've met the person who's just you know smuggled over the border with a coyote who doesn't speak a word of english you know i've worked with them like i've worked with black people i've worked with spanish people i've worked with the college kids you know from a young age you just meet so many different people that i just think it's hard to meet in any under other industry you're gonna get such a wide perspective on life um and it is it's like noah's art it's true oh man that was awesome, y'all. I'm going to show that to her. That was really cool. Um, well, y'all are rock stars, and uh, I, I want to just just thank you again, sincerely, um, from all of us here at Schedule Fly. We really value the relationships that we have with y'all. We appreciate the business. Uh, learned a ton tonight. Really enjoyed this so much. I hope y'all did too. And I'll um, I'll connect all of you. Um, you know, via text or whatever. So everybody's got each other's contact info. Do y'all, um, do you think it would be valuable um, if we set one of these up like once a month and then we have, you know, we'll probably have three to seven, eight or 10 folks. I mean, I'm sure it'll kind of grow over time, but would this be something y'all would like to continue? Definitely. I'd be happy to, con yeah, absolutely. I, I have learned a lot. It's great perspective. So thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for putting this together, Will. Yeah, for sure. Thank you all. Ramey, are you uh, tell us about your husband's business real quick? Cause uh, we could we could all be his customers, I think, right? Tenderbelly. He owns a company called Tenderbelly, yep. Um, and he started it in the garage and uh, it's the best bacon. Um, they actually just got voted the best bacon by America's Test Kitchen yesterday which is kind of a big fucking deal. Ah, um, awesome. America's mm -hmm. like America's test kitchen. 
I don't, I don't know what that means, wow. except that it's the thing. Um, and uh, yeah, you can get it at Costco. And uh, But he and his brother started it and they're two boys from Iowa. Um, any Anything th- that comes from a hog, you can get from them, but I don't know that it would be worthwhile shipping all the way to Mississippi or New York necessarily. But um, for, the, for the bacon purposes um, and sausages and things that they make, it's 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 great stuff. So, and that's how we met was because I ordered the bacon. Congrats, that's awesome. awesome. It's a good, good story. Thank you all very very much, ladies. Appreciate Thanks, Will. It. Uh, Thank you. Nice to meet Bye. you all. Nice Bye. to meet you guys. You too. Thanks, ladies. Good luck, everybody. Good you luck. too. Bye. We got this.